Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Good to be with you today. Uh, I want to say welcome to everyone online that's viewing us on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on Believers.cc, and our guys at TCI. We say welcome to you. Good to have you, and happy Fourth of July weekend. And guys, to you also, it's good to be with you. Wasn't praise and worship good? Amen? Don't you feel more like you do now than when you first got here? (laughs) That's an old saying, but the life of God makes a difference, doesn't it? So I also want to welcome you to Unstoppable. That's what I'm sharing today. Unstoppable, the kindness of God in you. And my name is Bill. I'm part of the pastoral staff here, and um, it's good to be with you today. So some of you might remember a game show, and it was called To Tell the Truth. Anybody remember that? How many here never heard of that game show? A few hands. So on To Tell the Truth, you've got three contestants, and they're sitting in chairs. You've got your game show host, And then you've got a panel of four celebrities. And those of you that have watched the show, you know, but if you were not familiar, you've got four celebrities and their job is to ask questions and try to figure out which John Doe is the real John Doe. And that's just a John Doe name. But you know, when they start the the game show, there's music playing and they're giving a whole write up on this guy and who he is, what he's done. And so then the four celebrities start their questions. And their goal is to find out who the real John Doe is. And you know how the show goes. In the end, the real John Doe, they kind of go back and forth, they jostle, and then the real John Doe stands up. And so I think of that because part of my heart today with you is, is I want the real you in Christ to stand up and to rise up. Is that okay? So... Just like there are three contestants, one is the real John Doe and two are, uh, what's the word I want, imposters, you are a three-part being. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, whenever I see that word may, I think about the fact that it requires permission and requires partnership. May God himself, the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we look at that scripture to bring out the fact that you are a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And look at Colossians 2.10, because this is the real you. And you are complete in him. Another translation says, you have come to fullness in him. And what is awesome about this is, we didn't work for this. What happens here is when you receive Jesus, when you said that prayer, however long ago it was, when you said that prayer and received Jesus, you became a part of his completed work. And his completed work took up residency in you. And so you are complete in him, in Jesus, who is the head over all principality and power. That's the real you. Then you have a soul. Look at Psalms 103. Starting in verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And may I say that his benefits are your benefits. These are his benefits to you because you're in him. And so the psalmist, you can see here, he is talking to his soul. And he's telling his soul, bless the Lord. Soul, all that is within you, all that is within me, bless his holy name. And he's also telling his soul, forget not all his benefits. Then he goes on to show us what the benefits are. Look at what it says. He's forgiven all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. These are our benefits. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So the psalmist here is talking to his soul. And your soul has got gifts and talents and abilities and intellect, but this is showing us that you have got to talk to your soul. Because when you wake up in the morning, your soul's like, okay, what are we doing today? Are we bumming? Are we going to be happy? Do you want to think about yesterday? Do you want to go on about what that person did? Your soul, when you wake up, he's there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know you do. But what I want to challenge us to, what I want to challenge you to is this. If you, this is a wonderful template, Psalms 103, 1 through 5. And if you make a decision, when you get up in the morning to get this and read it out loud, you are hearing it and you are telling your soul, it's time to bless the Lord. Now think about it. Praise and worship was wonderful. They bring us into the presence of God. But sometimes we have situations, we have days, we have settings where it's a bit of a press. Has anybody ever had a challenge trying to get to church? And then you got here, but you still got some things going on up here, and you're still tr pressing through, trying to get into the presence of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But do you notice as you start to sing the songs how it starts to change? Because this guy starts to get a hold of this guy and makes this guy submit to this guy, and then this guy comes alive. I could repeat that, but I think you got it. But you're doing this every time when you really think about it. So I want to challenge you. Read through these because I love the very last part. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. And, you know, as you go on in life, you become more and more aware of how powerful words are and what you're saying, what it does. So I want you to see this is part number two of you. And so I want to challenge you to read this Psalms 103 out loud and watch your life transform and watch your life just come into a beautiful place. And now Peter, it says, that as we obey the word of truth, we purify our soul. In the book of James chapter one, it says, as we take hold of the implanted word, we save or transform or restore our soul. So your soul is under your jurisdiction. And then the third part, look at Colossians 3, 5. Look at the Holy Spirit says here, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And it goes on after the colon, and it tells us a breakdown, sexual immorality, you know, sex outside of marriage, uh, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. You know what's awesome about the word? When the Holy Spirit tells you to put something to death, 
Jesus said, he's your helper. And the Holy Spirit is God. He's God living in you. And he wants to help you with every part of your life. So he will help you to put these things to death on that dark side. Years ago, Pastor Joe would teach how we all have our flesh specialty. One guy might still be dealing with profanity, cussing. Another person might be dealing with, you know, drunkenness or, uh, you know, malice or uh, clamor, different things. We all have our little uh, specialty, don't we? And I know all of us could raise our hands. Nonetheless, the Holy Spirit wants to help you put it to death. And that can come, you know, as you're praising, having a praise life, take up your praise life up a few notches. Just have a life of thanksgiving or having the word in your mouth where you're speaking that word, letting it come alive in you. Or if you can pray in the spirit, let that flow in you. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will sing with the spirit. And it causes the rivers to flow. But there's a lot of different ways you can put to death your earthly nature, and that's your earth suit. And so we want to have that real man of who you are rise up and stand up and go forward in the power of his might. Does anybody agree with that? Amen? So then, find your target. Find your target. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.15. See that none of you repays another with evil for evil, but... Always aim to show kindness and seek to do good to one another and to everybody. Now, you know, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica. These are believers. These are not, you know, unsaved people. And he's obviously addressing the fact that one brother was doing evil to another brother, and then that brother was going to turn around and do evil back to the other brother. Not that it ever has happened in our group. Not that any of us have ever been tempted to retaliate. But that lower part of our nature wants to do that, doesn't it? So he's writing to them, and he's telling them, see that you don't repay evil uh, to another with evil, but always aim to show kindness and seek to do good. And as I was reading these scriptures... When I got to, you know, just was prompted by the Holy Spirit one night to read, just before I went to bed, I was sitting in bed, got my phone out, and I'm reading 1 Thessalonians 5 in the Amplified Classic on my phone. And I got down to this verse 15, and the Holy Spirit really started causing things to come alive from the Word. Have you ever had Him do that for you? Isn't it wonderful when He does that? He's our teacher. And He made some things come alive to me. And part of what He emphasizes is the fact that he spoke the worlds into existence by the word of his power. That's in Hebrews 11.3. That's power, isn't it? This is Jesus. This is, this is who redeemed you. He spoke the worlds into existence by the word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 12 says that he's going to fold up the heavens and the earth like a cloak, like a, like a sash. He's going to fold it up. Would you agree with me that that's power? This is your God. This is your Father. This is Jesus. And then 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. And one translation actually says, the, the, the written word has the same authority as if God himself were to appear to you and speak the words. 
It's the same. This word, your Bible, on your phone, on your tablet, your hard copy Bible, has the same authority and power in it as if God himself were to appear to you and speak it. Now it's in black and white. But then when you and I start to look into this word and start to read this word and start to get this word in our mouth and start to think on this word, that power that God has put, put in resonant in this word starts to come alive in you. Would you agree with me that's a good thing? It goes from black and white logos to the rhema in you, and it has power to change, it has power to transform, it has power to renew, it has power to heal, it has power to set free, and that power is all resonant there in this book, waiting for you. Amen? But he says, find your target, and he says, when they're doing evil to you, always aim to show kindness. So the Holy Spirit is wanting us to start taking our aim towards kindness, find a target, and start walking in the kindness towards somebody that's unkind. Has anybody here this week possibly had anybody, by chance, that treated you in an unkind way? Has anybody here had anybody that got on your last nerve? See, there was more response on that. The unkind is probably usually a part of the last nerve syndrome. And so you do have that earthly nature. You do have the flesh. And you have the soul man that wants to take inventory on what was done to you and what was said to you. But right in the middle of that, here's the Holy Spirit saying, find your target and let me work with you to take aim and minister kindness to someone. Now look with me, Luke 6.35, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the unthankful and to the wicked. And that word kind has a translation that means to be actively beneficial towards somebody in spite of their ingratitude. To be actively beneficial towards somebody, being a blessing towards somebody in spite of their ingratitude. Now, in one context, that is many times called parenting. Because, you know, you're in a process of teaching kids, you know, you're doing things and you're wanting to be, you know, wanting to bless them, but you're also trying to teach them values. But that word kindness, that word kind, when I read that up in 1 Thessalonians 5, I was sitting there reading it, like I said, on my phone, and the Holy Spirit opened that verse up to me, and the Holy Spirit took me back. It's like I was watching a videotape. He took me back to the oil field days. I was in the oil field, oil and gas industry from 77 to 88. And so, you know, all the... All the Wells around here, that's basically the Clinton formation. There's some Rose Run, and there's a lot of shale now that's, that's come you know, to be. But back when I was in it, it was basically the Clinton formation that they were going after for gas and for oil. And when I read that word kindness, just having that devotional time, the Holy Spirit took me back. And it's like back to the future. I am sitting, I'm in my bed, but I'm sitting in this pickup truck, and I'm on this particular day, I'm the third guy because the crew was, they had an operator, had a ground technician, 
And then on days when they had to put tubing in the ground, they needed a third guy, which that day I was a third guy, and I'm helping them put the tubing in the ground in the morning. In the afternoon, I'm not needed, so I'm just along, but I get paid for the day, but I'm not needed for the afternoon part of the operation. But I'm sitting in my truck, and these two guys that aren't saved and that really don't like me, they tolerate me, but they really don't like me because I have seniority, and sometimes I would bump another guy so I could work that day, you know, have food from, you know, have uh, income from my family. So I, I wasn't always making friends like that, but I had a right to bump somebody and work the day. So those two guys didn't exactly like me, but they put up with me. So I'm sitting in the truck, they're working on the, the well, getting it ready for tomorrow morning's frack. And I just look over and the one guy that really hates me, I look at him and he's got panic on his face. And I'm noticing the operations on the well with the rig are going sideways. It's not looking good. And you know, stuff can happen out there on, with that kind of equipment and on the wells like that. And I'm looking at this guy on the, that's on the rig and he's got panic on his face and there's fear setting in. And then I see the guy on the ground and he's also got panic. And I can see now that this thing is really going sideways. I looked at those guys and the kindness of the Holy Spirit came up inside of me. It was the most amazing thing. The kindness of God came up inside of me and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gave me three or four different instructions that I was to give to these guys. And so I got out of the truck and I'm going over to these guys, you know, and they got a little bit of that look, but they do have some panic. So they are a little open at this point. I walk over and say, hey, Jerry, uh, let's do this and do this and do this. And by this point, he's open because, you know, this thing's the whole operation starting to get away from him. But that kindness had wisdom in it from the Holy Spirit. And I gave him the steps and he followed those steps through and that whole operation on that well turned around and everything got back into a safe place and they got the procedure done. And when I was reading that, the Holy Spirit took me back to that time where that kindness came up. And it's just like the scripture says, he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Now I was, this was in, I can't remember what year it was, but I was working in the oil field, so obviously I was not full-time here. I, like Ryan said, I have been here uh, three decades, but I was still out in the oil field working in another church, you know, attending another church. And so God didn't give me this kindness because I was a minister. He gave me this kindness and caused it to rise up in me because of his incredible love for these ungrateful and ungodly people. And you know what, brothers and sisters, and viewing online, that same kindness is in you. That same kindness is in you. It is. And I think I could get testimony of people that have had somebody that was treating them wrong or treating them harsh. And you started to step back and pray about it. And instead of the reactionary side of you kicking in, something began to come up inside of you from the Holy Spirit and you followed that out and you saw something turn around and you saw fruit come out of it and you're also actually, you were planting seeds into people's lives. Amen? So look at this next phrase I've got here. That was fun. So have you ever had a time when maybe you went through something? Could have been a family setting, could have been a work setting, could have been 
you're driving somewhere on ice or you hit water and you almost lose control of the car, it hydroplanes, and then you get the car back and you look over to the family member and you go, that was fun. <laughs> you're gripping the wheel or you just went through a situation, a challenging situation in a family setting and you get through it and you're on the other side of it and you go, that was fun. Can anybody relate or is this just me? I, this might just be me, but I, I, I want to put it out there. Or maybe, you know, you were in a, the winds contrary were blowing and, you know, you're going through it with some other people and it's a work setting, and, you know, and, and there, all of a sudden there's, you know, the job, your boss has got this man that you got to get it done. So everybody is under the gun now, everybody under the gun. And then finally you get through it and you look over at each other and you go, that was fun. And it's not so much of being sarcastic. You're kind of like, I am so glad we got through that. And, you know, as a believer, you go, well, praise God, we made it through that. But here's what I'm bringing us into. Look at Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Has anybody here ever had the Holy Spirit working in your life to have a greater love walk? Anybody? And did you notice when he was producing that and working that in you, you were not in a happy, comfortable setting with people that you love to hang out with. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you know what I'm talking about? If he's worked with you to develop a greater love walk, it's usually because you have been, when you've been with some people that rub you or that get on your nerve or people that you wouldn't choose to be around. Now, I was thinking about this this morning as I was just going over this. I have probably been that to somebody else where I, in, in their life, you know, in, in years past, I was the one that was rubbing them and getting them praying. But when the Holy Spirit's wanting to produce fruit in our life, the fruit of love, it's going to be in a situation usually that's contrary, where the winds are blowing contrary, where the people are not necessarily welcome, welcoming you with open arms and, and embracing you with hugs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody been there? Or how about if, you know, if he's working joy in you? You know, and we realize joy is not the same as happiness when everything's going wonderful. Now, the joy of the Lord is my strength. But when is usually the setting that joy starts to rise up in you? Yes, there's joy and rejoicing that comes when we're praising and when we're rejoicing at somebody's victory. But there's also the joy that comes when everything is contrary. Every wind is blowing against you. You know, you've got inventory in your soul, man, of what's been done, what's not going right. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost speaks up inside of you and says, rejoice in the Lord. And you go, what? Are you kidding me? Has anybody ever been there? Or is this just me? He says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice. And what's he doing? He's working joy in you. But is it a comfortable, fun setting when it's happening? No. So the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is during these settings. That's why I said, that was fun. And you know, every one of us here have gone through things and you've gone through, you're gone through things, but you went through it 
and now you're through it. And you're on the other side. And there were some good things worked in you. But when you were going through it, it possibly wasn't fun, was it? And when you were going through it, you could feel your flesh rising up a little bit. Is anybody relating to what I'm talking about? Or you had some thoughts coming across your mind. But you learned to wrestle like David with Goliath. You learned to slay that giant. And what did you do? You came through and that fruit of patience was worked in you. Wasn't fun at the time, but you knew, oh, this wind is blowing contrary. And the Holy Ghost is saying, I'm going to work patience during this season. I'm going to work patience during this season. Stay with me. Keep your eyes on this scripture and this scripture and this scripture. Keep rejoicing. Keep giving thanks every day. I'm going to work patience during this season. I'm going to work endurance during this season. Aren't you thankful for him that's working on the inside of you? Isn't that good? But at the time, it was not fun, was it? And I've always said it like this to people. Most of the time, God's work in us is not comfortable, but it's profitable. Not comfortable? No, but profitable. Isn't he good? So then the last perspective here is if you see something, say something. And, you know, that's been out for several years. I don't know how long, but it's kind of like a community awareness. You know, if you see something that brings concern in a community setting, in a neighborhood setting, or when you're in thus and so place, if you see something that, you know, is not right, treatment of somebody isn't right, call, say something, you know, be eyes and ears. So there's that application in a community sense, you know, and it, it's, a healthy, it's a healthy additive, it's a healthy part of a community. But what I'm talking about, my context here that the Holy Spirit gives me is when you see something in the Word of God that He makes come alive to you, say something. We've got this whole world out there that is, you know, wanting to let the Word drift from us, that's wanting to let the Word slip away from us. And it's just like, you know, Pastor Joe, uh, about two weeks ago in his series, he said that the, even last week, he said the, the word of God in us weaponizes us. Remember that? And then I think it was two weeks before that, or three weeks, he printed all those extra scriptures and made them available uh, on the website so that we could get a hold of them. So what I'm trying to emphasize to you is when, when something comes alive in the word of God to you, whether when it's, you know, being taught, listen to a podcast, when you're reading, when you know, you're in different settings and the Holy Spirit makes it come alive to you, make a note not to just let it slip away from you. Write it down. Get a hold of it. When you see it, begin to say it. Because when that word gets in your mouth, when you get a hold of it and it gets in your mouth, it starts to come alive. It starts to change. It starts to work things in you that are wonderful. And it, that word comes off of that page it comes from that place of focus and it becomes a part of you and that's what you want is for the word to become a part of you because it changes you it changes your perspective and it causes you to see more of what God has for you amen so we know God is love first John 4 8 right God is love you've heard that and we know that if you receive Jesus into your heart, you're born of God, right? 
So if God is love and you're born of God, that means you are born of the God kind of love. That's the real you. You've got his spiritual DNA. You've got the same spiritual DNA as your heavenly father. And that love that's in you endures long and is kind. And that love that's in you never fails. That love that you're born of never fades or comes to an end. That's God's love in you. That's the spiritual DNA of the Holy Spirit inside you. And so when you see it in the word of God, let it become a part of you. Say it. Begin to say the same thing about your life that God is saying. Begin to say the same thing about your past that God has said. Begin to say the same thing about your future that God is saying. Because if you'll start to take hold of that, the Holy Spirit in you is going to rise up and he's going to help you to get on those paths and fulfill all those different missions and purposes and plans that God has for you. Amen? So look at this last scripture, Philemon 1.6. The sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The sharing, the participation, and the communication of your faith becomes more effective. But here's how it becomes more effective. As you begin to acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ. So from God's perspective, he sees the treasure that's on the inside of you. He sees that you're holy and blameless in his sight. He sees that your past is no more, that you're washed clean in the blood of Jesus. He sees you as a masterpiece. And the communication and the sharing of your faith will become more effective as you start to acknowledge these things that are in you, that you are holy and blameless in his sight, that you're destined to fulfill and walk in victory. You see what I'm saying? So if you see something, say something. And begin to say about your life and your past and your future what God is saying about you. Amen? So let's finish out and say this with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your wonderful work that you're doing in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my teacher, my guide, my senior partner. And I thank you for your kindness that is dwelling in me, your love that is dwelling in me, that is unstoppable. And I thank you for conforming me every day into the image of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment and bow your heads with me. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching us online and you're not sure of your eternity. You've heard today about the goodness of God. You've heard about his love. You've heard about his kindness that reaches out. Your Bible says it's the kindness of God that is leading men to repentance. Not the bad things that happen. It's the kindness of God. And you're here today and you're online and you're, you're feeling that touch of God's love that's pulling on your heart. Well, I want you to understand this. God is not mad at you. He is not upset with you. 
He values you. And the price he paid for you is the proof of your worth. And what is that price he paid? He gave his son Jesus, who'd been with him throughout all eternity, he gave his son Jesus with all of his heart to come to this earth, to take on a body, to teach the kingdom, to work the miracles, to heal the sick, raise the dead. But most of all, he came to go to a cross, become one with our sin and your sin so that he could take it out of the way and in exchange give you his free gift of righteousness, give you his free gift of holiness in exchange for taking your sin, give you his free gift of eternal life. And you can't work for it. You don't have to try to earn it. He made a decision before the foundations of the world to make you the object of his love and his affection in the finished work of Jesus. So we're gonna pray a prayer together, all of us. And if you've never said this prayer, you can pray with us and receive that free gift of eternal life. Say this with me. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to come to the earth and take my sin to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and shedding your blood for me. Forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. And I call you Lord. And I thank you for the free gift right now of eternal life. Amen. Now, head still bowed. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing. We can't hear it right now, but it's happening in that realm. And if you prayed that prayer, a miracle has happened. The old man has passed away and you have become brand new. And we have a free gift for you. So if you are here in this sanctuary and you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you'll take a moment and raise your hand, our host team is looking. They wanna give you a free gift. We have a Bible for you as a free gift if you raise your hand. And if you're online and you prayed that prayer or rededicated, we ask you right now to text the word believe and to the number that is on the screen, and you can see it online, text that word, pull your phone out and text that word believe, and that'll let us respond to you and connect with you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.